0: An employer standpoint, you never know, even a small impact, how it can change somebody's life. And I think as organizations, as employers, as leaders, and we're all guilty of it. But I, I, I try to think that way. Because you just never know the opportunity that you're giving somebody the opportunity to grow to reskill, whatever, whatever the flexibility you just never know how that's going to impact somebody. And at the end of the day, we're all, yeah, we're running businesses. Yeah, I've, unfortunately I like to eat and pay my bills, but but, but we're all a part of this bigger big community and world together. And, and just being able to impact somebody's, to impact somebody positive, positively that helps them long-term, I think is a bigger picture.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Leading to Fulfillment podcast where everything that we talk about is meant to encourage people first leaders, empower individuals to achieve fulfillment, and to help your organizations become places people love to work. I'm your host, James Laws, and my guest for this episode is Kelly Tinan. Kelly is president and owner of Kelly Tinnen Consulting, LLC, a learning and development consulting firm based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. With a passion for learning and skills in instructional design, organizational development, and training techniques, Kelly's goal is to help organizations succeed by developing training and leading organizations in a fresh and innovative manner. In my conversation with Kelly, we discussed the goal of organizational and HR development The movement from HR to people ops, the movement from co-located to remote or hybrid work, and investing in our companies by investing in our people. But first, I want to invite you to subscribe and leave a review for the Leading to Fulfillment podcast in whatever place you listen to podcasts. We are in all the places, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and yes, you can watch us over on YouTube as well. Now, let's jump into my conversation with Kelly Tennant. Kelly, thanks so much for joining me on the Leading to Fulfillment podcast.
0: Thank you. Good to see you, James.
1: I am. I'm excited to have this conversation. Uh, you know, to kind of kick us off, and for those listening, let's start off with you. Uh, give a little bit of an introduction on who you are, what you do, and what you're about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Kelly Tinnen. I'm in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, so surrounded by the Sandia Mountains, and really. Really, I'm an organizational development and human resource development consultant here in Albuquerque, and I serve uh, small businesses here in the Southwest. But I, uh, I typically tell people like the three things to know about me are: I have three English bulldogs at home, so little meatballs with legs. I um, like to call myself a forensic scientist, thanks to the Investigation Discovery Channel. Um so the, 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 and, and in my reti- and in my retirement I probably will be cleaning the elephant cages at the zoo.
1: <laughs> nice, I my 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 wife likes to call herself an investigative journalist because of her ability to find anything out about anyone through social media. So <laughs> right. I get it. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah.
1: she's an expert. I, I don't know how she does it, but she's very good at it. <laughs> you talked about doing organizational development and HR development. Um, yeah. What what is when you talk about human resources development and and perhaps how as you work with clients what exactly does human resource development mean or organizational development mean for you as you're going into an organization?
0: Yeah, so really really, how I like to encompass that is in really one statement, like building something better together. And that means organizations and people. So when people think of human, resource, human resources in general, they typically think of benefits, compensation, or everyone gets scared when they have to go to the HR office. And that's one arm of it, but that's really not what I do. I really help uh, from the organizational side, people develop their organizations, build culture, build leaders. And I help from the human element side to build people. So to build people up, to be better, to work better. Because I, I really feel, well, I mean, I know from experience, we spend so much time at work, whether we're working for somebody, we're working for ourselves. That's, what we spend so much time doing and when people can be happy at work it's it's even proven that when people are happy at work they perform better they are happier they really work towards the mission of of the company and it really drives the organization's success and so that's really what my goal is.
1: I, I agree. I mean, the the whole purpose of starting this podcast is from this from the standpoint, and I say this I feel like I end up saying this almost in every single episode, is that I'm trying to help my team and and my team members find fulfillment. Because I don't, you know, it's it to me, it's maybe even the next level of happiness. It's it's not just happiness, but it's like feeling when you get to the end of your day, it's feeling full and enriched and excited to do it all over again tomorrow. And that yeah. when we there's so much buzzword talk about like let's let's create employee engagement and let's let's do all these things and I'm like I don't want to just create activity I just don't, I'm not measuring whether or not my team is active I'm measuring are we making progress and mm-hmm. do they feel that they have a purpose in what they're doing are they excited and passionate about the work that they're doing and if I don't have those ingredients and I'm not doing my part as a leader and as a manager for my team now you talk about the two arms of mm-hmm. kind of human resources. Uh, we call we ended up like many organizations, like ours, we ended up renaming our HR departments to people ops, right? Because mm-hmm. that's that's exactly I think in vain with what you're talking about is we're talking about developing people and giving and and thinking about people in the organization. Not you know, let's be honest, HR has kind of a bad stigma, right? Like HR. Yeah. I mean, and, and and rightfully so. In most corporations, right, HR is not there for the benefit of the employee. They're there for the benefit of the employer and to keep them right. out of legal trouble, right? right? But small businesses like ours, and I, my guess is small businesses and, and, and organizations that you work with, don't think of their HR departments that way. They think right. of them as uh, as liaisons and resources for the people to serve the people and to make sure and hold the leaders accountable so how do you think about this kind of new movement towards away almost from human resources and towards people operations
0: well it's interesting because i think i think culturally over over time we've been sh- we've been shifting that way and shifting that way in the work in the workforce. And even more so during the pandemic, I think it, it's like those, those monkeys that used to come in the jar that you used to connect together. It's like we're That's in right. the jar and we've just, I don't know where that came from, but it just popped in my head, but it's like, we've thrown the jar on the ground and we're, and we're kind of trying to rebuild and, and, and I, I think it's a positive thing. I think as organizations, I, I, I think our goal, or we should hopefully be hiring people that are that are better than us or more knowledgeable than us in certain areas to carry out certain tasks. And HR and leadership should be there to drive the direction and let those people do what they're best at. And so it's really kind of, I would hope to see it as, as really a, a guiding force.
1: You know, it's interesting that you talk about that and- in that kind of that hiring process of hiring people who are better than we are at the thing. I think about when I started my business uh, and the first people I tried to hire were generalists, right? I wanted people who could do a lot of different things really well, not people who could specialize in a specific thing. And when I was hiring generalists, I realized I only needed them to be 80% as good as I was. Like if they could get it even the 80% to level that I would put it to, I was happy with that. But as my business grow has grown and as I've added more people to the team, that has shifted. And now I'm looking for somebody who's doing it 120% better than me. I'm now it's way on the other side of the, of the spectrum. And so it's kind of interesting that as you look at organizational development, you look at uh, you know human resources development, that there is stages in which your business of which you are looking for very specific things. And that changes over time. I'd be interested to hear when you coach a business, when you kind of step into that relationship with a business, what does your process look like? How do you go through that?
0: Uh, well, I think there's a lot of discovery involved. I think it 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 really takes a lot of sitting down with the organization, talking with them, walking around, and really just trying to get a feel. Um, you have to really, I think, get a sense for, it's kind of like the concept of meeting people where they're at. You have to get a sense for where they're at to really help them build that ladder to get them where they're going. And so I think a lot of times people will call and they'll say, oh, well, we need this. We need training. My managers aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Or we need we need this. Well, is that really the root of the problem? Is are they not doing what, what they're, quote, supposed to do because they're just not doing it? Or is it because there's some other problem? And 9.5 times out of 10, there's something else. That's the cog in the wheel. And so I think really spending a lot of time in that discovery phase, trying to find out, okay, what is what is really going on here so that we can build the appropriate steps to really get to where you want to go
1: no i, I agree i think that when you look at an organization especially if you're coming in from the outside uh, and honestly this is true for the leadership and management of their own teams there is this like tendency to kind of and and we i can't remember the actual the the name of this kind of principle or law that we've kind of given it to where we judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge other people by their actions. So mm-hmm. when 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 I'm late it's because well the car broke down or traffic was really bad or you know something happened you know I had to take care of something with my kid and it made me late but when someone else is late it's you're lazy, you don't respect me, you don't care about the work that we're doing and stuff like that. And there mm-hmm. is this level, too, in organization as you're coming in to kind of say, like, take a step back, assume the best, and really dig into what's going on. Because as you said, 9.5 out of 10 times, the issue is probably not that they don't want to do it right. It's probably more that there's a lack of clarity. There's probably some stuff going on in the organization or at home. There's stuff going on in the world. Think about the world that we've lived in, which I think is a good kind of a transition point. Uh, we're in a in a very chaotic time in people's individual careers and in organizations. Uh, call it the Great Resignation. Call it, as some people I just heard on the news the other day, calling it the Great Return. As people are calling, as these organizations are calling people back into the offices. Uh, that that was a tremendous. You know, none of us were prepared for this nobody, no. nobody got a class on how do you deal with a situation like
0: this? I, I told my husband when this, when it all happened at the time we were both working for different organizations and, and I said, Oh, it'll be okay. It'll be like two weeks. It'll be like two weeks. And he's like, yeah, right. And then, and then here we are like two years later.
1: It's exactly right. And, and, and that's the truth, right? Nobody would have predicted that two years later, we would still be having the conversation and, And, you know, I'm glad that it feels like we're on the back end of it, even though there's still uncertainty. I'm glad that there is a move towards what I I can only call a new normal. It's not back to the way it was. And I think that's indicative of this great resignation, because what the great resignation has done for us, I think, in a lot of ways, is it's given a lot of employees, a lot of people, got them out of the current confines of their cubicle or their corporate office, and they start to realize, like, I don't ever want to go back to that. Like, I can do my job in a different way. I'd love to hear your take on this whole great resignation and how you feel it's changing the current.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I actually think it's changed for the better in some ways. Um, I think it, like like you said, we don't have. I think people have realized we don't have to go to an office to to get our work done. Uh, we don't necessarily have to work on schedule from nine to five. Maybe I'm more productive at ten to six or ten to three, and that's what I that's what I'm going to going to do. Um. Yeah, like somebody once told me. I think we're not putting the toothpaste back in the tube. And I have been seeing some. I have been <laughs> seeing some things where well, we got to get back to the office. We've got to get back to the office. And it's like, why? I'm not saying, I'm not, and I'm not saying that, you know, everybody, you know, certain businesses are more, you know, conducive to having people in an, you know, in an office or, or whatever. Um, But why not, why not innovate and try new things? Uh, I think people have realized too, that, they don't want to their life to be defined by what they do, in terms of yeah. work, and people yeah. want to yeah, and people want to do things that they want to do things. I think that have me have meaning and give them a sense of purpose, but also I they don't want to be defined by by work. And I sp- spend all my time commuting and, and going to work. I want to see my family and I want to do this and that. And I think that's been a contributor as well to some of the things that have been going on. And also people want to work in environments where they're respected, where they're, they feel like they're doing a good job for somebody. And I think also that's why some of the retail food industries and, and industries like that may be struggling because that's the treatment that some people get. and, in those environments. And that's terrible. I think we, as a society should, should look at some of that. And like, let's just be kind, rewind, you know, to everybody.
1: It is, you know, for employers, for small businesses, for large businesses, for corporations, instead of looking at this as the great resignation, we ought to be looking at it as the great opportunity. Mm-hmm. We have a great opportunity. It's been handed to us to think differently about our organizations and think differently about how we treat our people and where and, and the loyalty imbalance that, is, that has obviously been going on for a very long time. And what you're seeing is a bunch of people now are voting with their feet and saying, I am not going to work in an in, in an oppressive environment where I am expected to be loyal to the organization with all of my time and all of my energy, but the organization is not going to return that loyalty to me by perhaps providing me with a flexible work schedule and by providing me the ability to work where I work at my best to make sure that I can spend time with my family and my friends and and, and have a... A, a, what I would call, what I call often, we talk about this on the show work life integration. Cause I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to balance work and life. I'm not trying for these things to be equal, even things. I am looking to integrate work into my life because work is a part of it, right? We spend,
0: mm-hmm.
1: most of us spend a third of our lives working. Mm-hmm. for ourselves or for someone else, we spend it working. And I want that to be integrated into my life in a way that is healthy and meaningful and purposeful, that I can actually feel the impact of my work, not just on the job that I do for the organization, but on my family and on my friends and all of these different areas. So yeah, I agree, right, that the this is an opportunity for organizations to kind of rethink their struggle. I wonder what your thoughts are on what the lasting ramifications of the great resignation will be. Cause I do agree. I think it's changed forever and Mm -hmm. I think it's changed for the good, but I'm curious what your take is on some of the lasting ramifications of that are.
0: Yeah. So I, I think we're going to see probably more, I think hybrid, workplaces, remote work is going to definitely become more of the norm. Uh, more of that work-life integration is going to become more of the norm. Um, I was just thinking, thinking of this and th- uh, a lot of, in terms of retail restaurants I've seen at, le- at least here and I'm sure in other places, more um, self-serve type stuff and different mm-hmm. things like that. And, and I know um, when you talked about opportunity, opportunity, people are kind of afraid of that. Like what? Like self, I have to order my McDonald's from the McDonald's robot now. And, and is that an opportunity long-term for employers to reskill their employees? Like, Hey, we value you here. We want you here. Let's get you. It's not a loss of jobs. It's an opportunity to reskill the people that are there and say, hey, we need people to help program these or we need help people to help facilitate and manage these different programs. Let's build your skills so that you can get paid more. You can stay you can stay on. But now you've you've grown your skills. Into our organization in this change that has happened, so I I really hope that we see more
1: of that yeah I agree I think organizations have to start thinking about the development of their teams and helping them you know I've, I've said this I can't a number of times well it's my it's my podcast so I repeat myself a lot obviously every episode. <laughs> so I'll just put that out there for all the listeners but you know we call ourselves small businesses we call ourselves job creators and and we are but it's not just create a role and then fill it it's continuously shaping it for the people that embody the role. So those roles is, you know, if I hire somebody to be uh, a social media manager, you know, three different people are going to tackle that in three different ways. And I'm going to shape that role differently for each of those individual people because they have different personalities, different experiences, different understandings. And it's not that their skills may not all be top notch, right? It's, It's that they are different individuals and we need to look at that. And I like what you said about kind of this idea of pivoting a little bit and thinking in that development so i one of the businesses that we own is a local uh, coffee roaster so we have a brick oh, and cool. mortar store people come buy coffee right so we, we do the whole thing Reward award-winning we roast our own coffee do all this stuff in house well when the pandemic hit obviously lots of restaurants and coffee shops shut had to shut their doors because they couldn't have people in the restaurant so you know i had the privilege you know in the and perhaps the benefit of also owning a technology company. And so we quickly built an online app and started doing curbside. That was something we were able to kind of pivot and do, kind of pivot with the res- the great, res- pivot with the pandemic and kind of adjust through all of that stuff. Uh, but what it also did is it opened up an opportunity for us to say, you know what, we need to do more sales online, not just like selling prepared drinks, but selling our our whole bean coffee and our brew methods and all of the other stuff that we develop and we have available. And so we've started to shift that attention and train the baristas and the team that works for the coffee shop to do different things than just... And I say just, I consider it a great art for them to make me, co- to make our, you know, our community <laughs> coffee. But, uh, you know, not just make coffee, but also think about how do we expand the business in other directions. And yeah. uh, so the pandemic has been an opportunity to do things like that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and how great is it too, to be able to bring your employees along for that and for them to be able to, make a difference in your organization by diversifying your efforts but also from an employer standpoint you you never know even a small impact how it can change somebody's life and i think i think as organizations as employers as leaders i and we're all guilty of it but i i i try to think that way because you just never know the opportunity that you're giving somebody, the opportunity to grow, to reskill, whatever, whatever, the flexibility. You just never know how that's going to impact somebody. And at the end of the day, we're all, yeah, we're running businesses. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I like to eat and pay my bills. But but, but we're all a part of this bigger big community and world together. And, and just being able to impact somebody's To impact somebody positively, that helps them long-term, I think, is a bigger picture.
1: I, you know, yeah, absolutely. In fact, a lot of this podcast, you know, while it only, you know, has started this year, and circles.com, which is where the podcast lives, started a little bit before that. That all was birthed out of the pandemic and looking at my team and thinking about, what they must be going through, right? Because the world changed for us almost overnight. Now, mm-hmm. we were fortunate enough that we had gone remote and had became a distributed company before the pandemic happened, but by mm-hmm. m- months, not by years, because we were co-located before that. So mm-hmm. as we had kind of made this transition, I was really thinking about the fact that so many of my team had immediately become also homeschoolers had mm-hmm. also become, you know, caretakers for sick loved ones, had also been, you know, had spouses who were unemployed because the places that they worked had to lay them off. Like the team had gone through so much. And as I saw that and I was kind of feeling that started to kind of shape a kind of a new mission within our organization. And that's where this podcast was birthed out of. And that's where Circles and all the stuff that we write and the videos that we produce are all about helping other organizations Become places people love to work by treating their staff well with respect and helping them ultimately find fulfillment in the roles within their organizations. Because I believe that if you take care of your team and if you help them find fulfillment, your business will likely have nothing to worry about because they will – You know, they will die on the hill of taking care of the customer and making sure the business succeeds because they have that sense of connection and ownership. There's something there that, and it's, and here's the thing, we don't do it. And this is, I just heard this recently and I think this was a good point, right? We don't treat our employees with respect and treat them great because it will make us more money. Right. We do it because it's the right thing to do. And the inevitable side effect of that is, yeah, our businesses will probably be okay and we'll probably make enough money.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. It's funny because we still, I think as a culture, I mean, and, and culture shifts take a long time. Um, sure. We we still kind of have that mindset, that industrial revolution mindset that I have to tell people what to do and they have to put the peg in the hole and they're going to do what I say. And and. On the whole, people don't go to work to do a crap job. They don't show up and think, "Yeah, I'm going to do a crappy job today, and that's going to be awesome." They they, they want to do a good a good job, and they want to feel fulfilled. And absolutely, I think if you treat people, you treat people well. You treat them like like people, and. I don't know if partners is the right word, but but you really respect and value where their expertise, what they're good at, you know, where they're coming from. They will get in the trench with the shovel and bail you out just as, just as fast.
1: Uh, you know, I don't hate the term partners. I'll tell you right now. I, I don't hate that term. And the reason, it's funny, we called our team members partners for the longest time. The only reason we stopped is because it was kind of getting confusing. And the reason uh, it was getting yeah. confusing is because I have business partners. Yeah. Uh, we had partners in the organization, one business partnering with another business. And then we called everyone on our team partners. And then there were other things that were coming up and we're like, all right, it's it's getting hard to like have to differentiate what kind of partner am I talking about when I say the word partner. And that's the only reason we stopped because I actually agree that what I do when we hire someone into our organization is we are entering into a partnership right? Mm -hmm. I am partnering with them to do something that is meaningful and fulfilling. It's not just, it's no, you know, gone are the days where it's, I'm trading money for time. That's, Mm I'm not, I'm not hiring people to push a button or pull a lever. Like, that's not what we're doing. I'm, I'm, I am inviting you to partner with something you believe in. And if you don't believe in it, then let me help you find a place that you love and that you do believe in it. And I will help you make that connection and get in that organization because that's what I want. I have no illusion that there are going to be people who work for me that are going to go on and start their own business. And I'm mm-hmm. excited for the day. Like I'm excited yeah. for them to do that. And so that's that's it. We are partners. I, I, actually, I actually really love that that kind of term.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 absolutely, and and the you know, and when you create these good relationships, I mean they're long lasting. Because, for instance, the places that I have that I have worked at, I've had great relationships and, and partnerships with those individuals, and I I joke kind of that I. I still go to the, their office. Like the last week I was at one of my old employer's offices. There was some work being done at my house and I needed somewhere to go for a couple hours. And, and I show up there and they're like, Hey, what's going on? Like, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and it's, you know, and and there's still people that I rely on like, Hey, I need advice about this. Or what do you think about this? And one of them I still do work for. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's just about relationships. I think, I think, I think at the heart of everything, we probably need more of that in our lives.
1: Well, yeah, I I think you're right. I think probably part of the problem with the 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 challenge and the transition of human resources or the, the bad rap that human resources gets is that we forget the human part of it. Right. And we focus too much on the resources part of it. Yeah. And that's why I think there's this idea of talking about like people ops and trying to kind to reframe and rename because – Ultimately, what has happened is human resources has become about resources. How do we resource people to do the bidding of the organization instead of thinking like, no, we're humans working together in partnership to accomplish a unified goal that we both care about. And so Mm -hmm. how do we get back to the human part of business? How do we get back to truly being human? Now, this is a little bit of a transition and, and, and a pivot, but you sure. did talk a little bit about like the ramifications of the great resignation and that probably, you know, I which I agree, certainly many more remote companies, right? Many more companies that are distributed first. Also, you talk about many more hybrid companies. Mm-hmm. Now, when I, back in 2019, before the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. I made the decision to move our team from a co-located on-site team to a fully distributed team. Mm -hmm. And the reason I made that decision is because I hate the idea of hybrid teams. Mm -hmm. I may be wrong, but I feel like there's always feels like an us and them dynamic in a hybrid environment because there's the uh, there's the home base team, the people that get to work together and see each other and play together, and then there's everybody else. And mm-hmm. I wonder, what are your thoughts on how – I wonder, do have you worked with some clients who work in a hybrid structure? And if you have or if you have some experience with it, how do you do that well?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it is um, – I think the struggle is real for a lot of organizations, and I – it's just about having those resources in place to be able to still create those relationships. And maybe it's, maybe it is a, a weekly gathering. Um, I I hate the word meeting, but, uh, but, you know, um, where we get together for the, for the week and, and, um, you know, talk about what's going on. Um, You know, there's lots of resources out there today where we can all connect via, you know, if it's Slack or, or, Different things like that to keep people connected, and even partnering people up um, at some point. Like, hey, you guys have you know similar interests, or you're in a you're in a similar role, or maybe you're you know you're in department A and you're in department B, but you guys, I think personality wise, would really mesh, and so you're going to be in partnerships or mentor roles and you're that way you can work together and, and help develop those relationships you know one person being off-site and on or i have mean, even experienced a lot where you've got um, people collectively in an organization who work who kind of switch off like I'm two days in and two days and three days out and the set schedule switches so everybody's kind of Dip, you know, dipping in that I'm at home, I'm at the office environment too, and so I think it's just, it's really about pl- being methodical about how you're going to help your team maintain those relationships.
1: Yeah, I know. And as you were talking, I I started to think about like, yeah, there are some really interesting things that can be done like every on-site person being paired with a remote site person. So creating a connection and a relationship there that glues somebody outside of the office with somebody inside the office and creating that as being a more important relationship perhaps than the person who sits in the office next door. Uh, and so creating yeah. that kind of dynamic. And yeah, there is certainly is a lot of virtual tools out there to bring people together. Um, the challenge is I, I, When we had a few people who would sometimes work remote, because we were always remote friendly, even though we were co-located, what we end up seeing is that a lot of times you have these like sidebar conversations at the water cooler or in an office, Mm -hmm. and none of that gets recorded online for everyone else to see, and so inevitably- somebody's kind of always in the dark, uh, in that kind of environment. So you're right. You have to be intentional about the relationships, intentional about the communication and make sure that you have systems and processes in place to make sure that clarity doesn't kind of slip through the cracks. Uh, Kelly, as, as we're kind of wrapping up, what's something that I should have asked you, or we should have talked about that you'd like to share today.
0: Um, (laughs) Oh uh, gosh, I don't know. Well, I'm always up for talking about, about my dogs. I'm a dog lover. Um, that has nothing, <laughs> that has nothing to do with, with OD or HR, but you know, it has to I do mean, with people. And if your people. dogs
1: bring you fulfillment, <laughs> then I mean, I, I guess it's a safe, it's a safe topic.
0: <laughs> so, right. I'm, I, am i am the, uh, I'm the, why can't we bring our dogs to work per- person? <laughs> and, and, and I'm also the one with the animals that are all over the place. So it's a, yeah. um, No, kind of kind of joking there. But but yeah, I always have to give them a shout out because they're funny. They
1: That's do. Awesome. They bring
0: me they bring me lots of joy. You know, pets are pets are are special creatures.
1: A- absolutely. 100%. I mean, we already talk about all of the therapeutic uh, elements of having a pet and just, you know, loving on a pet and what it can do for your mental health and your own endorphins and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> love I love the fact that you have three sloppy messy all over the place bulldogs
0: like <laughs> I I I do my uh <laughs> I always joke, when people come over, I'm always like, I'm sorry if my house smells. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not me. It's the dogs.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, learn more about your services and what you do, how can they do that?
0: Yeah, so totally. You can visit my website. It's Kelly with an I E, so K E L L I E T-I-N-N-I-N.com. T I N N I N dot You can find me by the same name on social media. I'm all over Instagram, LinkedIn, and on Facebook. So hit me up, and um, yeah, you, you know, I'll shamelessly share pictures of my dogs with you.
1: <laughs> awesome, Kelly. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thanks to Kelly for joining me for this conversation. Everything that we mentioned, including a full transcript of the show, is available over on our website and you can access it anytime by visiting leadingtofulfillment.com slash 026. Also on that website, you can subscribe to our newsletter there. We'll let you know every time new episodes become available, as well as send you original and curated content on leadership, managing teams, and finding fulfillment. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you want to create the kind of company where people love to work. After all, who wouldn't want to lead a team of energized, fulfilled, and innovative people? But this shift probably sounds like a huge undertaking. Fortunately, it doesn't have to be. While fostering this kind of company culture requires shaking up the status quo, it can be accomplished in small chunks. You don't have to completely overhaul your company processes, procedures, and expectations overnight, nor should you. Changes have a big impact, and people need time to adjust, ask questions, and offer feedback. So you don't have to turn your company upside down to make a difference. In fact, many small changes can make a big difference and they're easy to implement right away. Small changes can also totally shift your company culture, leading to happier and more fulfilled employees. Start small, and soon your changes will snowball into something much, much greater. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join me on the next episode. And until then, may your businesses be successful as you lead your teams to fulfillment.